Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 57, and I'm drinking Di Sirono Originale. For each episode of Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, you should expect that I'll be well-researched and educational, also entertaining and consistent in my reviews. I chose to feature Di Sirono for this episode because it's a bar staple, and I like it quite a lot. Plus, there's a story, and simply beyond wanting to drink more, I'm after stories about spirits to share with you, my listener. So why not feature Di Sirono? Oh, and the type of liqueur that Di Sirono is, it's an amaretto, claimed to be the amaretto. More on that later. The bottle of Di Sirono I have for the tasting is a standard 750 milliliters. It is bottled at 28% alcohol by volume, making it 56 proof. And it sells for about $30 here in the United States. The bottle of Di Sirono is bespoke. The bottle itself is squarish or rectangular with slightly textured yet smooth and indented sides. Makes me think of an artisan hand-blown glass bottle and it's a bit imperfect. And in fact, it's a bit twisted. If you look at it from the bottom, you can note the glass is molded in two halves and the corners are not 90 degree angles. That said, arguably the most striking feature of the bottle is the large black square topper. This boldly features Di Sirono in gold foil on each face with a coat of arms and the date 1525 on the top. The same coat of arms is on the front label above the name. The front label also features the text, the world's favorite Italian liqueur. The right side of the label and the bottle's neck strap features the signature of what I believe to read Domenico Reina. I'm sure of the Reina part, but a bit fuzzy on the first name. No matter, the signature is there. Anyway, enough descriptions of the bottle. Let's go ahead and open it up and give it a taste. Okay, let's grab a hold of this big black top and give it a twist. Here we go. Pops off. It's a giant plastic cap. All one molded piece. That's kind of nice. Okay, set that aside. For every liquor or liqueur that I try on this show, I use a clean Glencairn glass and I try them neat. Neat is undiluted, room temperature right out of the bottle. So let's give it a pour. In the glass, it's a dark orangish amber color, same color you see through the decanter itself that it sold in the bottle. So let's try it on the nose. <laughs> Marzipan, it's a almond, sweet almond flavor. There's vanilla, some other spices behind it. It definitely smells sweet and marzipan just makes me really, I love marzipan when it's molded into different shapes. Some people don't like it because it's too sweet or gooey, but I have a bit of a sweet too. So this smells delightful to me. Pick up a, a hint of citrus uh, brightness to it as well. Okay, let's go for a taste. Mmm. That is good. Almondy, sweet, vanilla. You can taste the alcohol, but that's not the, the primary note. Let's go for another. Mm. 
toasted, slightly bitter, almondy flavor. Again, marzipan, I think, is the right description. It's a little syrupy. It is rather sweet. There's a fair amount of sugar in this. I imagine it is a liqueur. Sugar is a primary ingredient. So yeah, it, it's sweet. Final impressions on the taste on the palate. Makes me think of dessert or pastries, really pastries. It's just a sweet spirit. You can drink it straight all day long, or I could anyway. So on to the history. Di Sirono originally starts with the date of 1525. Like many good liqueurs, there's a legend. And this one behind Di Sirono has been recounted for as long as the company has been around. If there is a basis in truth, we'll never really know. But before we get to the legend, I need to tell you a little more about what Di Sirono is. It's an amaretto. Now, I always thought this was simply Italian for almond, as it's definitely almond-flavored, but in truth, amaretto translates to little bitter. Italians have been producing amaro, meaning bitter, for centuries as digestive aids, and amaretto is the diminutive form of amaro. So understanding the language, I'd expect amaretto not to taste like almond, but instead to be simply slightly bitter or bittersweet. But almond is the flavor associated with amaretto. While Di Sirono claims to have invented, or rather rediscovered, amaretto, there is another brand that purports to have invented true amaretto. And this is the company Lazzaroni, who in 1786 invented a type of cookie, or biscotti, known as amaretti. These amaretti cookies are made with bitter almonds, and in 1851, someone had the idea to create a liqueur with an infusion of the ground amaretti cookies, creating a Lazzaroni brand of amaretto liqueur. Di Sirono claims an older and different origin with their legend. So the story goes, in 1525, the artist Bernardino Luni was commissioned to paint a fresco of the Madonna of Miracles in Serrano, Italy. And right there, I need to jump to the current millennium when in 2001, the brand name was officially changed to Di Sirono. For the non-Italian speaker, it sounds like a fine name. But when you start to understand origins, you discover that Di Sirono literally means of Serrano or from Serrano. Prior to 2001, this product was sold as Amaretto di Serrano or Amaretto of Serrano. The city name of Serrano was prominently featured on the product as the place of origin because of the location of the producing company and the place where the fresco was painted almost five centuries ago. And over time, the of or from Serrano became more prominent than the Amaretto part. And to make the brand stand apart from other Amarettos, it was changed to simply Di Serrano. Rather clever, I think. Anyway, back to 1525. The artist Bernardino Luni, who was a noted pupil of Leonardo da Vinci, was hired to create this fresco. His model or muse for the Madonna was said to be a local female innkeeper whose name has been lost to history. And then, depending on whose version of the legend you hear, this innkeeper either fell madly in love with the artist or simply showed her gratitude to him by creating and then gifting a liqueur made from bitter almonds. And that was the invention of Amaretto in 1525, according to Di Sirono. Then the trail goes cold for centuries. However, many Italians did craft their own liqueurs from local ingredients, and many famous brands have their origins in this sort of homemade product turned commercial success. 
So, Di Sereno follows a similar pattern, and they claim that at some point, Giovanni Reina rediscovered the old innkeeper's recipe. Then in 1900, Domenica Reina decided to open a store and workshop near the terminus of the steam tram line from Milan, opening the business under the name Domenica Reina Coloniale. And here is where Di Sereno in its modern form was first produced and sold commercially. The earliest bottles of Di Sereno were packaged in essentially a common wine or spirits bottle shape, being cylindrical with amaretto being the most prominent text. Sales seemed to be pretty good, because in 1942, they shifted to a square type of bottle, the predecessor of the current bespoke bottle. Interestingly with Di Sereno, I've not uncovered any information in my research about the impact on the company from the two world wars. Sereno, Italy is located just north and west of Milan, and I'd assume the wars had some impact. For other Italian spirits, the wars were transformational in many ways, but Di Sereno makes no mention of them at all. I mean, in 1942, when Di Sereno was shifting to a squared bottle, Italy was actively at war, having invaded several countries and partnered up with Germany. Good or bad, win or lose, I suppose everyone wants a drink now and again, so we'll just let this topic lie, but it does pique my curiosity a bit. 1947 is the next milestone on the timeline, and in a post-war era, a new company is formed. This is ILLVA, which stands for Industria Lombarda Licori Vina in Iafina. My apologies for my horrible or mispronounced Italian. But this name translates in English as Lombardi Industry of Liquors, Wines, and Similar Goods. It does sound much nicer in Italian, even with my poor pronunciation. ILLVA still owns Di Sereno, and the company is still headquartered in Sereno, with the Reina family being 100% owners. Enter the 1960s, and believe it or not, this is the first time Di Sereno is exported to the United States of America. They first started apparently exporting to other parts of Europe, then shipped overseas to the USA, and demand took the company by surprise, becoming one of the best-selling liqueurs in the States. And the popularity has hardly waned. 1971 is when Di Sereno invested in the bespoke bottle. Commissioning a master glassmaker from Murano, an area of Venice world-renowned for glassblowing, to create a handcrafted, unique square bottle that the company describes as made from softly sparkling glass and formed with the now familiar design recognized all over the world. And with this bottle came the big square topper. Three decades later and we come to the name change. Amaretto was dropped from the front label in favor of Originale as a descriptor for what Di Sereno is. A label update comes in 2009, and we have the product that I'm reviewing now. From a branding standpoint, Di Sereno has done some commemorative bottles and tie-ins with brands as varied as Versace and Diesel Jeans. And not even a year ago, they did some brand expansion with the introduction of a product they've named Di Sereno Velvet. It's a cream liqueur flavored with Di Sereno Originale. From a sales standpoint, most recent reliable data I could find showed 2018 sales figures of 1.9 million 9-liter equivalent cases worldwide. I think it's safe to say Di Sereno will be around for the foreseeable future. So now, how is it made? As an amaretto, you could be forgiven if you assumed it's made from almonds. In fact, it's not. At least not what we refer to as an almond here in the United States. In fact, Di Sereno is made from apricot kernels. Botanically, these are very similar to the almonds we eat, and the almonds we eat are generically known as sweet almonds. 
And they're not technically nuts either. They're really a kernel or the pit, closely related to peaches, apricots, and other stone fruits. DiSorono does say the product is made with an infusion of apricot kernel oil with absolute alcohol, burnt sugar, and the pure essence of 17 selected herbs and fruits. However, that description leaves a lot of unanswered questions in the process. My thanks go out to the Alcademics blog and the site's author, Camper English, for posting a detailed account of production of DiSorono based on a distillery tour he was given as a member of the media in 2014. I'll paraphrase here, but of course I'll provide a link to the source in show notes. According to Alcademics, the flavorings for DiSorono are made by a sister company under the ILLVA umbrella named Real Amori. And the essential oil they refer to as bitter almond oil is made from the 300 tons of apricot pits the company purchases annually. Again, this is as of 2014. To extract the oil, they first crush, then grind the pits into a flour. The flour is then soaked in hot water to separate the sugars from the solids. The mix is then heated and distilled. It's a water distillation. There's no alcohol present yet. But it's distilled under pressure to avoid cooking the almond or apricot pits. The pressure allows a lower temperature of distillation, and that's why they distill it under pressure. One key thing to note about this process and the bitter part of the bitter almond oil, the pits contain arsenic that is, of course, poisonous. It's removed during this process to make the liqueur safe for consumption. The result of the distillation is oil and water that's left to naturally separate, and then the oil is drawn off to be used in DiSorono. The bitter almond oil is the main flavor of DiSorono, but there are some 17 others. But like almost every liqueur, it's a secret recipe. The flavors are mixed with alcohol derived from the sugar beets or sugar cane, again as of 2014, but it's just a neutral spirit with no flavor, nearly pure ethanol. Water and sugar have been mixed as well, and the flavored alcohol is added to the light, simple syrup. After about two hours, a natural color is added, then it's bottled at 28% ABV and shipped off around the world. So now on to cocktails and consumption. DiSorono is great on its own. It's also equally good mixed. It's a great addition to coffee and a common ingredient in desserts like tiramisu. DiSorono is really versatile. I probably first had it in an amaretto sour, a cocktail that doesn't really do the liqueur justice in my opinion, especially not when created using bottled sour mix. If you're going to have a sour, follow DiSorono's recipe and use fresh lemon juice. They also call for egg white, and I'll admit I'm still afraid of egg in my drinks. I know it's safe. Alas, I just can't do it. Not yet. I'll post that recipe in show notes. Most DiSorono cocktails feature DiSorono as a modifier in a standard cocktail. Inclusion in a margarita gives you a DiSorita, for instance. They also have their own version of a spritz that they call a fizz. Thing is, it's versatile. It's not too potent. It adds a nice nutty sweet flavor to drinks and desserts. So enjoy it. So in summary, what do I think of DiSorono? I enjoy it. It's uh, 30 bucks a bottle is not necessarily inexpensive for a liqueur that's 28% ABV, but it's got a great story. It tastes really good. It's probably the best amaretto I've had. There's others out there, other good brands making them. I want to try the cookie infusion one. I've got to track down that brand as well. It's wholly different, I would think. It's literally cookies and alcohol. It's kind of odd. I might have to feature that on a future episode. But DiSorono, this bottle 
will not last too long, I don't think. It's very nice to sip on, and I've heard it goes great in pancake batter, so I might try that this weekend. So that's going to do it for this episode of Liquor in the Core Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please subscribe and share. Tell your friends. Show notes are on liquorinthecoreconnoisseur.com. You can also find the show on your favorite podcast platform. I'm active on social media, primarily Instagram and Facebook. I love hearing from my listeners, so reach out. Tell me what spirits you would like me to feature next. And as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>